Hello and welcome to the Narrators, a podcast where we try to understand what it's like to be a woman in India and how this has an impact on women's mental health. I'm Preeti and I'm Shweta and we are hosting you at the Narrators today. In today's episode, we are going to address both mental illnesses and concerns that an individual might go through during and after pregnancy. So to understand this topic, we will be talking to a clinical psychologist and then we will get into one of our favorite segments, the research snapshot. There, we will look into some research in this area. So, should we begin? Yeah, I'm excited. Let's get right into it. So, in the previous episode, we discussed about the impact that pregnancy can have on mental health. And we also talked about how this experience of pregnancy and also an individual's mental health are actually intrinsically related. So, today we're going to take that conversation further. And we're going to talk about what specifically can go wrong with a woman's mental health during and after pregnancy. And we also discuss about how this impacts the woman's life and the lives of those around her. And we'll also highlight uh, how these concerns and issues can actually be addressed. And to discuss this with us today, we have Ms. Mimansa Singh Tanwar, the lead clinical psychologist with the Department of Mental Health and Behavioral Sciences, Fortis Healthcare and heads the Fortis School Mental Health Program. She's a cognitive behavioral therapist and works with adolescents, parents, couples, and families. She has been a speaker at various national and international forums on issues related to mental health and is also a TEDx speaker. She has designed and co-authored four books on parenting and children's mental health, which have been published by esteemed publishing houses, including Macmillan and Rupa Publications. She has been actively engaged with schools, NGOs, and corporates through workshops and training to raise mental health awareness across the country. Through her active engagement in the media, both visual and print, she has been working towards making mental health a priority for the young members of society. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Ms. Mimansa. So to kick off a dialogue about this topic, I think the best way to start would definitely be to first understand how we can differentiate between common mental health concerns that mothers might go through and uh, diagnosable pathological conditions that might emerge. So can you give us uh, an understanding about this, uh, ma'am? This is a very important topic that we need to talk about. How can we understand better the mental health concerns that a mother to be mother or a mother who's just delivered can go through uh, during that period. And uh, I think what we need to essentially understand is that it's absolutely normal for any, uh, you know, to be mother to experience moments of anxiety, irritability, tearfulness, low moods, or even post delivery feeling exhaustion and all of these symptoms for a transient period of maybe a week or two, which are called baby blues. However, when this becomes extended and it increases to the extent where the panic, the anxiety, the sadness is a lot more and it begins to impact uh, the mother's ability to sort of be able to go or enjoy that process, to be able to, you know, really feel uh, attached to the baby, have moods which are low for a prolonged period of time may also begin to feel guilt that I'm not able to take care of the baby because there is lack of interest, lack of pleasure, uh, lack of motivation. All of these things when they begin to happen, this is called postpartum depressive episode. 
and this happens for a prolonged period of time not something which um, which a mother can experience like a, transi a transient period but this is a lot more prolonged and in fact 50% of these postpartum episodes they begin before the delivery and which is when we call them peripartum episodes if we have to look at the prevalence it's only 3 to 6% of women who experience uh, these symptoms of peripartum or postpartum so it's not that you know every mother who is going through uh, this period is going to experience this like any other mental illness where you have a predisposition over here also you would look at you know 3 to 6% of women having this predisposition and so may experience these signs and symptoms so any mental health related issue happens because of three things three causes one is the biological where we look at neurotransmitters and chemical imbalances the second is the psychological aspect which is the personality how we are approaching how we are coping so for mothers who feel absolute lack of preparedness of getting into this new transition and role may struggle a lot more as compared to a mother who's who who can have of course her own doubts but yet uh, yet feel that you know i i i think i can manage this and i'm able to sort of have my own ups and downs but i still feel a little more prepared and i am looking forward to this new period coming into my life and the third aspect is the environment which means the kind of support and if there is any ongoing stressor which is there in the women's life at that point in time which can certainly contribute to this particular uh, you know mental health related issue and this holds true for any other mental illness as well you know biological factors are psych psychological factors and the environmental factors so even in postpartum or peripartum you would see the contribution of these three um, happening in some way or the other yeah that was actually really insightful and uh, ma'am you mentioned how uh conditions like depression and anxiety affect different aspects of a woman's life so taking that forward how do these concerns like say uh, postpartum or peripartum depression and anxiety affect the mother's you know quality of life and the way that a mother goes about her daily activities because i think a lot of us you know read about things like depression and anxiety but what does it really look like in in the daily life of a mother yeah i think it's important to understand and particularly so because women tend to have a lot of self blame and guilt that they can uh, you know internalize during this period because motherhood if we look at is a time period where everyone talks about that how much it is more important for the child to feel attached to the mother everybody talks about child care but somewhere the care which needs to be given to the mother as well and the mental health related concerns and issue and support that a mother needs um is still not talked about so much and so for a mother who's struggling or is having any of these episodes what essentially we need to understand is that uh, she would go through you know feelings of worthlessness she may go through feelings of restlessness may feel a lot of fatigue because of the changes the day and night cycles the sleep cycles which are obviously not very structured you know daily routines there could be lack of pleasure again you know there could be a lot of feeling of guilt because you know, lack of attachment that a mother may experience when the baby is right there so you know the baby might be crying but the mother may be feeling 
very difficult to sort of be able to have that uh, energy or even that emotional connect that a mother requires at that point in time to be able to pick up the child and be and you know sort of cuddle the child and take care of the child at that point in time you know it's not just a transient period but this is where it is happening as a mental health issue and which is where the support system comes into place the kind of support that we need to give the mother at that point in time that's very important so what kind of support do you think can be provided how can the people around a mother support her through this when you have that new baby coming into the house there are multiple things that you need you need a lot of support the day and night cycles are obviously like i said are not structured so you need more people to be able to take care of the child so that the mother can also have breaks but even before that you know simple things simple decisions of where the delivery needs to happen what is the that the mother needs if she's feeling low if she's feeling okay uh, all of these things in simple ways of how the family can just sometimes ask if you realize that yes she is struggling you know look at ways of how you can uh, be there uh, you can you know help her feel a little more motivated validate her emotions that's very important what we end up talking about pregnancy is that you must enjoy these 9 months of your life you know this is a period where uh, you know your life is going to change but motherhood is, some, is something that you must enjoy and it's something to be cherished often do we not talk about the actual day to day changes that a mother can actually go through so there could be very simple anxieties as well that the mother can have that you know once the child is there how will i be able to manage this is the first time i'm being a parent even the second time sometimes if you've had a difficult experience in the first pregnancy you can also have uh, anxiety or some doubtful thoughts even in the second during the second pregnancy but particularly so when it it is your uh, first pregnancy this is an terrain which for which you're not prepared all you see is just here and now experiences so it's very important to also psychoeducate the mother the family the father as well that yes these could be the various changes that you both are going to go through this is going to be a transition in your life and what are the signs and symptoms that they should be uh, you know watching out for in case you see uh, which is uh, not like any usual transient time period but actual uh, you know signs and symptoms which stay on for a longer and when you realize it you need to reach out to a mental health expert and provide the help and support to the mother that is needed yes ma'am absolutely agree with that uh, so you were just talking about how um, the father is also an integral part of this whole process so circling back to that so we were talking about conditions like uh, peripartum and postpartum depression and anxiety so how do those conditions affect the woman's marriage it would certainly impact the relationship or the marriage particularly but certainly at that point in time like i said that uh, when both the parents are new and are uh, transitioning into this new role if either of them is struggling it can affect their their connectedness their ability to be able to handle what is going to come in their way which can of course create its own distress emotional distress in the relationship when the young parents are not being able to manage that transition very well later on in their life i mean it can continue to have uh, an impact where the distance continue to grow so which is why you know it's very important like i said that young parents need to be a lot more aware of uh you know this time period and what kind of things it can bring in and when you realize that yes you may be struggling for whatever reason um while coming into this new role you must reach out for help
Yes, ma'am, absolutely. And in this whole process, how is the infant affected? So, if the mother has a good support system, the infant won't be affected so much. Because if we understand specifically in a uh, in our culture where you know the families are, or the primary caregiver is not just the mother, even the grandparents, you know, they become a part of the extended uh, you know caretaking. So, if there is support. Uh, the infant would be taken care of by either grandparent and would be taken care of, uh, you know, the, sen- the the attachment would of course be taken care of for the infant. But yes, the mother and the child may struggle a little in terms of the attachment and more so from the mother's end. But certainly it can be worked through if help is provided to her. So I think it is safe to say that uh, even a good support system acts as a protective factor when it comes to uh, mental health concerns and illnesses. So, ma'am, are there any uh, other specific risk factors and protective factors when it comes to mental illnesses during and after pregnancy? So, the protective factors would be, um, like I said, a good support system. Second, how you are approaching this new transition in your life. How well do you feel you are able to take on, take on this? If you are feeling a lot more resistant, if you have a lot of anxiety, a lot of self-doubt, then yes, uh, there could be a tendency or a risk factor that you may struggle uh, later when you are into this role or even in the process for that matter. Even the quality of relationship and support that you get from your partner, all of those things are important. And if you have already a precondition of you know any kind of mental health related issue at this point in time that may also come in uh, because again like I said there are of course some common anxieties which is absolutely normal for any new parent to have Uh, but if you have a predisposition to a mental illness that that can also kick in at this point in time and may put you at risk to a mental health uh, condition which is postpartum or peripartum. Okay. Do you think there are any specific personality traits or characteristics that, you know, might act as either a protective or a risk factor for a mother to develop mental illnesses? I don't think so that we can categorize this into a personality type, that this particular personality would be more prepared or may not have uh, a mental health concern, but this per- would, because this is, like I said, it's a it's a combination of three things. It's about, you know, the chemicals, it's about how you approach this and of course the environmental factor as well yeah and i think it's really important to recognize you know protective factors and risk factors and i think that ties down to what you were saying earlier about psychoeducation if in a clinical setting we recognize that a patient who's come in maybe has certain risk factors or has protective factors they can be guided to enhance the protective factors and mitigate the risk factors which sort of puts them in a better position. So I think that was a, that was a really important uh, point. Moving on, uh, apart from these diagnosable mental illnesses that we've been talking about, like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, expectant and new mothers may face other serious mental health issues and challenges, right, that sort of hamper their well-being. So could you maybe tell us a little bit about that? So um, challenges could be more at the level of healing uh, self-doubt it could be if you are struggling with low self-esteem at that point in time on how to best manage um, and be that best mother doing all the best things for your child some women can also begin to have some um, you know body image related issues where you begin to see that you know how your body is changing there could be stretch marks there could be other things that you may experience at that point in time and all of these things can actually impact your self-confidence. It's really interesting that you brought up 
body image concerns and how that might play into the already susceptible mental state that women are enduring and following pregnancy so could you tell us a little bit more about that what are these body image concerns and what do they really look like well like i said i mean because a body is going through a lot of change at that point in time you know one can begin to have uh, that lack of self confidence sometimes or even begin to look at that you know when is it that i'm going to go back in shape uh, you know how to be able to sort of accept oneself in a positive way that's very important so yes uh, you know mothers can have a lot of those questions a lot of those worries as well but what is very important to look at at that point in time to be able to manage that is that this is a transition period where you have to focus on self care at the level of the self you need to be very accepting and gentle on yourself that's important at the same time express your feelings you know talk to your other peers who've gone through this transition or are going to or otherwise connect with your friends your peers talk to your partner about what you feel you know any other family member where you can ha- express yourself it's very important to you know talk about what you go through and how do you feel about some of these things uh, when you go through this this time period one needs to refrain from judging oneself and being too critical or harsh because of the changes that you're going through that's very important on that note um i would also like to ask you uh, are there any common uh, psychotherapeutic approaches and interventions that um, you know are used for mothers in specific to help them through these concerns if they do uh, want to reach out for professional uh, therapeutic help you know the first thing that i do if a mother comes to me struggling with postpartum uh, episode or peripartum episode to be able to validate whatever they are experiencing and help them understand that this is not on them you know they don't need to feel guilty because of maybe in the process they are either not looking forward to it they are feeling sad about it they're feeling a lot more anxiety about it or even post after post delivery if they're not being able to take care of their child or feel those positive emotions that we say a mother should be feeling you know that's one of the very important things that we need to do because uh if you don't address that a mother continues to feel that blame and guilt which certainly is going to just worsen this this uh, you know time period for her to be able to come back and you know uh, start attaching and being able to in very small steps take care of the baby the second part is help them understand things that are in their control that are not in their control and do not hesitate to ask for help because it's a process where we say a lot more that it's the mother and the child relationship which is so important attachment is so important that the mother may want to do everything by oneself uh, even though may not be feeling that energy or or uh, may not be feeling that motivated to be able to do that because of the kind of struggle that they're going through so it's absolutely okay and that you must ask for help and then of course you know slowly and steadily helping the mother take small decisions and small things that she can do on a day to day basis for herself and the child with the support of the extended family and of course at the same time self care that's going to also help her recoup and also be able to look after the child as well okay ma'am i think this is a very very insightful conversation for the both of us and hopefully for our listeners as well i think uh, both shweta and i learned a lot through our conversation So thank you so much for taking out your time to be on the narratives we really appreciate your input and thank you so much thank you
come to the segment that we like to call the research snapshot. And for this week's research snapshot, I was thinking about what we can discuss. You know how today we've spoken a lot about mental illnesses and how they can impact women and their experiences of pregnancy, right? So in this context, I was wondering if there's any way that we can know who has these mental illnesses. Because obviously, amongst all the women who go through the experience of pregnancy, not everyone experiences mental illnesses. So is there anything that makes it more likely that someone will have a mental illness during their pregnancy? Absolutely. In fact, um, I read this very interesting research article by Mishra, Gayor and Alston. And they highlighted a lifespan perspective towards understanding mental health concerns and illnesses through pregnancy. And uh, basically, according to them, uh, there are a lot of predisposing factors that can influence an individual's mental health through pregnancy. And they divided these, fra- these factors into proximal factors and distal factors. So proximal factors is something that uh, we all have, uh, you know, very obviously correlated with mental health. It basically refers to things like uh, behavioral uh, responses, like probably substance abuse, alcohol use and things like that. And also other uh, biological factors like nutrition and all of that. So though these factors have a direct impact on the individual's well-being through pregnancy, they also highlighted something very interesting called distal factors. So according to them, a woman's lifespan when uh, they go through the experience of pregnancy can essentially be divided into um, a particular phase called the preconception phase. And they consider the preconception phase to be something that started through childhood and it came to an end right before conception. So they highlighted the importance of all of the childhood experiences and um, developmental experiences that uh, an individual might ex- uh, might go through. And they correlated this with how it can influence their mental health. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. I'd actually never thought about the whole concept of proximal and distal factors in terms of pregnancy. So it's really nice that they've brought in that concept into this um, field that we're talking about. Um, so... Um, So now you were talking about how various experiences influence, you know, whether a woman has a mental illness or not. But uh, is there anything about whether these factors influence how the disorders manifested in a woman? Because obviously we know that disorders don't look identical amongst all women, right? So is there anything in this study that explains these differences? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the very uh, fact that they've considered distal factors brings in that element of subjectivity. So something that um, a very particularly striking example would be, uh, let's just say an individual is uh, going through the experience of pregnancy and they unfortunately have also experienced sexual abuse as a child. Um, A lot of times this might manifest for them as anxiety and distress surrounding the whole, um, you know, the kind of examinations with respect to their genitals and all of that that might be required through pregnancy. So that discomfort and that anxiety or distress that's caused will be unique to that individual, which is exactly why uh, where the question of manifestation of these disorders or illnesses comes into the picture, right? So the the kind of experiences that the person has are very unique to them. This perspective gives the space for that subjectivity or uniqueness. And so we can understand the differences when it comes to the way that these uh, illnesses manifest for each one of them. That's really great. And I think this also has a lot of implications in terms of interventions, right? Because when we usually think of preventive interventions, we only think about the proximal factors as 
you mentioned the current factors in a woman's life that might you know make her more predisposed to developing a mental illness but with the distal factors that you spoke about i think that perspective sh- sort of shifts and we can consider a broader range of risk factors that might lead a woman to uh, develop a mental illness during pregnancy and also i am always a fan of anything that brings in more subjectivity into the dialogue about mental illnesses and mental health and the whole uh, thing about distal factors does just that so i really liked um, the research paper that we spoke about today and with that we come to the end of the research snapshot and if you want to read this article that we've been talking about you can find a link to the article in the description and we'd love to hear your thoughts on it okay so uh, this episode actually gave us quite a bit of insight when it comes to you know even the kinds of concerns that a mother might go through through pregnancy and how these illnesses and concerns can have different effects on the individual through pregnancy so preeti tell me uh, what would you say was the highlight for you from this episode i think for me uh, the most important thing that i thought we talked about today was about how various factors can either protect a person or put them at risk when it comes to developing mental illnesses and i think that's very very important to address and so it has a lot of implications when we talk about the sort of interventions and prevent preventive treatments we have for uh, mental illnesses during and after pregnancy and i also really liked the fact that we explored some environmental factors like social and partner support and we also touched upon individual factors like self esteem and self concept and discussed how all of these have a role to play in a person's mental health concerns and talking about it like that i think sort of really contextualizes the person who has a mental illness and i think that is a very good perspective to take when we talk about mental health in general and not just maternal mental health so i think that was very very important for me what about you shweta for you what was the most important takeaway from today's episode so i think for me personally one of the major takeaways was uh, you know definitely about uh, how there are a, a multitude of um, uh, techniques and uh, things that an individual can do in order to address these concerns so i think uh, we touched upon things like the self care techniques that um, you know just in general practicing these certain things that can help with the kind of mental health concerns that an individual can go through so be it um you know practicing exercise or healthy um, uh, lifestyle changes and things like that or even uh, just the process of acceptance right acceptance of the change that the individual is going to go through in the experience of maternity so i really like that we touched upon you know these things that an individual can do on the like by themselves and also um uh, the role of the people around them and the kind of support that they might receive and as much as we uh, you know spoke about that i think a huge message to all of the mothers out there is definitely to consider their mental health as something that is not uh, just you know restricted to the uh, to um, how it affects the individual's child or the infant and to view mental health as a very uh, as a part of themselves and how it's very important for them to improve that for themselves All right and with that we come to the end of yet another episode of the narratives womaning and mental health 
health. We had a lot of fun recording this very, very insightful episode for all of you. And uh, we hope it gave you food for thought as much as it gave us. And uh, we hope that today's episode encourages you to start a conversation or encourage change in whatever way you can. And we're looking forward to meeting you again on another day and another time. Stay tuned for all things narratives and you can do that by following us on our social media and you can find the links for those in the description. So until next time, this is the hosts of Narratives signing off. Narratives is brought to you by Matra, an initiative started under the National Mental Health Advocacy Program by Fortis Mental Health.